Hello and welcome to the Executive Central Podcast. I'm Phil Dobby. And today, imagine you're a manager or a leader wanting to drive change in your organization. Do you appear big and bold and unwavering? Or do you show a little vulnerability? That's what we're going to discuss today on the Executive Central Podcast. And I'm joined by Rob Barmer, Managing Director of Executive Central again. So, Rob, I mean, this really does sound like... uh, touchy-feely stuff you know we're taking that stuff just a little bit too far by saying that leaders need to be vulnerable which is uh, what you want to discuss today now i can understand you know we've talked in the past about being engaged with your workforce understanding what concerns them coaching them to develop their skills and uh, building a, a cohesive team that way but a vulnerable boss I mean, that sort of sounds counterintuitive to me. I mean, surely someone's got to be in charge. uh, And if that's the case, don't you want them to be strong? Yeah, indeed, you do. Um, But the most interesting thing, Phil, about vulnerability is, and I'll put this straight back to you as a counterargument, is that the strongest leader, and and let me just qualify that, the truly strongest leader is actually the one who is most prepared to be vulnerable. Right. Now, what I mean by that is that, you know, if I'm a leader who is racked with fear or has self-doubt or is somehow, you know, feeling that I'm some sort of an imposter in my role or any other other of a thousand sort of, um, you know, insecurities that I could have, the last thing I'm ever going to do is mm. put myself in a position where I might be vulnerable, where right. I might be you're not going to let You're not going to let down your guard because people exactly. will discover the real you that hides behind the mask. That's right. And yeah. there's, a, it's, there's, a, there's a very well-known what's called passive defensive strategy, which is called avoidance. Mm. And avoidance is I'm going to avoid any situation that potentially shows my weaknesses, my flaws, or my vulnerabilities. So I will, I will therefore... Uh, at the moment anything looks like it's getting uncomfortable, I will avoid it, right? right? Because that might show me up, right? So the truth of it, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, quite uh, contemporary research that's been done on this, is that the strongest leaders are actually the ones who are most prepared to be vulnerable because they don't have all of those insecurities. Mm. No. They actually don't mind being shown to be less than perfect. Yeah, right? because they know that so they know that they'll work their way around it. it it's a, it, well, it, that's right. Mm. They have. I think they have an innate confidence, not only in themselves. Yeah. You know, and we've talked about I leaders and we leaders and you leaders, but truly great leaders have an innate confidence that between themselves, their teams, and their entire organisations, they'll actually work it out. They can work out anything. There's almost nothing we can't overcome as long as we are prepared to uh, open ourselves to the possibility that maybe not everything we do is perfect um, and maybe we do make mistakes along the way. Yeah. So right at the start, you, you know, you, uh, the, the core thing we need to acknowledge is that the, you know, the word vulnerable by its definition, you know, is perceived as a, a negative. So, the headlines about organisations, you know, the, this organisation is is vulnerable to disruption mm. or vulnerable to takeover, and that's implying weakness, right? And equally, it's tended to be used as if a, if a leader is vulnerable, they're in a position of weakness. Um, the vulnerability that we're talking about here is almost the exact opposite of that. Yeah, um, and because you're adaptable, cool it shows you're adaptable. You're 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 prepared to listen, find out what uh, perhaps you're doing wrong, and adapt. 
because of it, which I can see. You know, I mean, you've turned me around straight away. We we do, we, could, we could finish this discussion here straight away. I'm with right. you now. But I mean, I'll talk I, to you next time, Phil. Fantastic. <laughs> there we are. We can all go about our day. But I mean, I guess the other thing in amongst all of this is another, another positive is it shows you're authentic, doesn't it? You're you're showing authenticity because you're not because you're not uh, putting up that mask. Exactly. You're letting people in. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's um, it. It is a, uh, a being prepared to be vulnerable to to show my true self. We call it your full self, and that's the full self that includes all of the the flaws and the vulnerabilities and the imperfections. Um, and because ultimately, when people see the leader being prepared to do that, they're actually you know the knock on effect is oh maybe it's okay for me to do that then. Um, and and if we're feeling, call it safe to be vulnerable, that opens up a whole new line of, of possibility um, ar- around many things. You know, it has impacts on culture. Um, it has impacts on people's you know feeling of emotional connection, um, particularly relevant in teams. Um, so, you know, for example, pr- probably if I just pick up the team theme, there was a fabulous book written many years ago called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Um, and this it was written by a guy called Patrick Lencioni, and he, he identified five commonly recurring dysfunctions of organizational teams. Um, and essentially the core dysfunction, and, I, and I, I call it the core, he didn't write it this way, but I actually think all the other dysfunctions flow from this. Um, is when a team does not feel trust within itself and particularly that trust leads to it's unsafe to be vulnerable, Mm. right, within the team. So, you know, what is vulnerability? And we can talk about that for a leader. But in a team, you know, if if team members are being vulnerable, they're they're doing things like, you know, uh, challenging each other or making suggestions or bringing ideas to the table. Or I think a very relevant topic in today's political world yes, I was, um, mm. uh, is is yeah, prepared to debate yeah. with each other. Well, I mean, you mentioned the man in the right. White House, which is obviously what you're you're referring to, a man who would definitely not see himself as being vulnerable. He'd see himself as being strong. He's got his own agenda. He's pushing that. He's not big on discussion. And we're seeing this revolving door in the White House. There's not many people who stick around with him for very long. And we hear all sorts of horror stories. Uh, so, I mean, he's a, he's a perfect example, isn't he, of uh, ego versus vulnerability. He's got the ego, but he's got hasn't got a shred of vulnerability. Well, look, to be fair, I mean, and yes, I, I think it is, and you can see the the at least the evidence that we're seeing on the outside is this revolving door of people, and it's sort of implied that if you dare to you know, disagree with me or debate me, well, I'll I'll shoot you, right? Mm. Well, you know, that creates essentially a very compliant, dependent. Uh, you, you know, environment around a leader where essentially the only person that is ultimately going to make the decision or, uh, you know, is going to have a say on it is the leader themselves. And if we go back to other discussions we've had, that's the perfect recipe for creating I leadership, yeah. which is just all about me. And no matter how good you are at what you do, uh, you're only one person and you're actually not leading anybody other than yourself. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a really good example. But if I can make it, if I could dare to make a, a kind of a general political comment across the world, what I observe is that that is the fundamentally lacking ingredient in all of our politics, yeah. and that is the ability to have effective debate. Now, what I mean by that, that doesn't, I mean, we have plenty of arguments, 
there's 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 absolutely plenty of people. In fact, they're very polarized arguments. So if you look at the US, you know, it's almost like if you're a Democrat and I'm a Republican, then you know, never the twain shall meet. We, we we're like alien species. Um, but the true art of debate isn't just putting up a counter argument. Mm. It's being able to listen and understand and really consider a topic from two perspectives. Yeah, and then it, so, and then see it evolve. So if you're looking at in a, in a business environment yeah. where you're looking at uh, what your next product is going to be, for example, is it going to be black or is it white? And then you sort of work towards a solution which might say, well, actually, the color's not important. It's something else over here, which we've only arrived at through this discussion we're having, and this might be actually what uh, makes us uh, step ahead from the rest of the market. I mean, it's, it's, it's that discussion. Well, exactly. Yeah. That, so so the, the interesting thing, though, that and I come back to the political observation, and I unfortunately, I think it's flowing over into other areas of our, uh, of our society, including organisations, where if someone has a counter view to you, then the default position we seem to fall to is to attack the person. Mm-hmm. Right to immediately go to personal attack, that person, you know, we, we'll we'll take them out at the knees. So if your your position on, uh, you know, uh, well, pick any political issue, you know, uh, Brexit. Right. Let's talk about Brexit. You know, as yeah. an example, if that that created tribalism, which was incredibly polarizing, but it was almost like the moment anyone dared to have a differing view, um, we started attacking them as a person rather than trying to actually understand their position and debate it rationally. Yeah. Right? So so you could let, you know, Australia, we've, we've just, you know, what, knifed our fourth prime minister in 12 years or something. Um, you know, so, so I, I look at what happens in the Australian parliament and what is really lacking is the ability for anyone to embrace the fact that there are different positions on any view. Yeah, and to openly, um, you know, openly consider that and discuss that without it becoming a name calling. Right. You know, so the vulnerability is that we people because they because they're taking this firm role, they feel this this firm position on whatever the topic is. They need to be strong and not waver from it. Whereas if we had vulnerability, well, that's exactly right. Yeah. So that's the core point about vulnerability is that if you aren't prepared to be vulnerable because, you know, you might be showing up or you're, you're somehow flawed, then, of course, this is what Lencioni says in his book, then you're going to get a complete avoidance of anything that is that resembles conflict. Mm. Because, you know, a debate by definition is a conflict, for example, two different opinions. Yeah. Um, but if you can't have a conflict because people don't feel safe to be vulnerable or whatever, well, you're never going to get effective debate, which flows on to you're going to get poor decisions because you're not considering all the options. You're going to get poor or buy into those decisions from everybody because it'll be like, oh, well, that was that was the boss's call and, you know, I never agreed with it from the start. And then surprise, surprise, you get a very poor attention and delivery of, of results. Yeah. And right? you're not going so, to come up with anything new either. I mean, you're only going to get well, what, what's in the leader's yeah. head. But how, how, does the, how does the leader who's showing that vulnerability, because you still want strength, don't you, at the top of the organisation, you don't want to feel as though your boss is weak. Mm. So how do you get that balance between showing you've got that vulnerability, but you've also, you know, got that inner confidence and that strength? Yes. So, so what it isn't, Phil, is it's not what no one is suggesting here that um, a leader needs to become, you know, meek and mild and, yeah. and, uh, sit around, the, sit around the campfire in a cardigan singing Come By Ah. Uh, yeah, that's of- correct. Mm. Which is all that sort of, you know, tree hugging, softy stuff that, uh, you know, I, I could be accused of professing sometimes. 
Um, but but um, no, that's not that's not what we're talking about at all. Um, it it is indeed a, a, a leader who is is prepared to you know uh, express a view strongly. They may well express a view quite committedly and passionately. Um, but being open to vulnerability means that they are then happy to have others, for example, challenge that view mm. or put a counter view. Right. Uh, And moreover, uh, and I think probably one of the best examples of embracing vulnerability is, you know, let's say we've made a decision. The leader may well have made a decision at at, at a particular time and it looked like it was a great decision. We get down the track a little way and it turns out that wasn't such a great decision or it didn't work out the way we thought it was. The vulnerable leader is happy to embrace the fact that, okay, turned out I was wrong. Right, wow. but now the wrong word. A leader that. that uses the wrong word. Wow. Yes, my yeah. God, I was, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, the, okay, it turned out that decision was wrong. We've got more information to work with now, based on mm. what we now know. Let's make another decision. Yeah, and adjust and adapt. Now, you could look at plenty of case studies. Any of the famous case studies of you know organisations that fail to exist anymore now, and you could really at, at I'm sure you could find critical moments in those journeys where leaders were not prepared to accept that the decisions they'd made turned out to be wrong. And and instead of embracing or making a new decision, they defended the old one, right? Because they didn't want anyone to see that they might have made a mistake. And I I guess it's... I was just going to say, Phil, there there isn't one business decision that's ever been made in the history of business or in life, for that matter, that people probably didn't intend to go the right way. Yeah. But life gets in the way. So let's embrace that and be vulnerable to that. And all of a sudden, we open up a whole lot of new possibilities. And I guess it's fairly quick to implement or fairly easy to implement, isn't it? If you've got a... Like, if if you've got a team meeting, for example, and you've got a fairly firm idea of which direction you want to go on something, I mean, you can still take... Firmly state that direction, but you can also say, yes. like for example, look, I think we should go this way, and the reason for it is this, this, and this. But I could be wrong. What do you guys think? And it, and by giving, it's just giving that opportunity, isn't it? Really, for that feedback. That, that's as simple as it is. And and I suppose, and then genuinely listening to understand the other position, mm. right? Uh, so you can kill off this safe to be vulnerable vibe very quickly if you kind of say. But I could be wrong. So does anyone have any position? And the moment someone says something different, you, you know, as I call it, cut their funnel and you say, oh, no, we've tried that five years ago. That won't work. Yeah. Or, you know, you chop it off. So a lot of these core skills, Covey called it, you know, listening to understand rather than listening to respond. You know, they kick in here. Um, but if people start to see that, it, you know, we can in a team have effective debate and it's done respectfully where I'm not feeling like I'm being personally attacked, but we're genuinely, you know, exploring different possibilities. All of a sudden, you'll find there's a mass of potential ideas and opportunities in a team, let alone an organisation, uh, that's that are just busting to come out. Yeah. Um, so that's an example of the, the true power that we're talking about here that a leader really needs to be unlocking. And you know, we've talked about unlocking potential. Well, a leader being prepared to be vulnerable, I think, is a you know one of the, one great way that you can unlock a lot more potential than you perhaps are now. All right, not so touchy feely. After all, uh, we can put it in the basket of common sense, uh, which is what we do so often on this podcast. Great to talk. We'll catch you again very soon, Rob. Okay, Phil. Thanks, mate.
Talk to you soon. And it is, isn't it, all a question of confidence. How many leaders and managers like to appear strong because behind the mask, they're just a little unsure of what they're doing. So it is all a question of attitude. And that's it for this time. I'm Phil Dobby. He was Rob Barmer. He'll be back and so will I for another Executive Central podcast again very soon. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you then.